A new law proposed by a Virginia state rep seeks to punish parents for being parents. And the kicker is the legislator introducing the bill claims to be a Christian. Moms are starting to speak up at public school boards over family-friendly drag queen shows. And while schools indoctrinate our kids into sexual and sexual and gender confusion, educators are getting arrested for pedophilia at astonishing rates. Fauci claims he had nothing to do with school closures. We beg to differ with evidence. This is your favorite night of the week, The Deep End on Tim Hatch Live. Now, welcome in, everybody. Uh, my name is Tim. I'm the host of The Deep End, a news and views show on the channel. Make sure that you're hitting that like, that subscribe, and that notification bell as soon as possible in the content. We are talking about what's going on in our world, the crazy that happens every single week through the lens of Christianity and Scripture. And I am pleased to present this material to you. Lots to talk about here on Season 6, Episode 10, and that brings me right to Deep End News. Deep End News. News you choose if you could choose news. So, Virginia, what is going on in Virginia? Last year, the governor race came down to a very close race between very diametrically opposed uh, candidates. And I believe the right man won, Glenn Youngkin. And Glenn Youngkin wants to empower parents to have authority as parents again. But not everybody in the Virginia legislature agrees. And so I bring to you news out of, this is actually out of Fox News, uh, Virginia state lawmaker seeks to introduce a bill making it a crime for parents not to affirm their LGBT child. So, yep, here we are. It's going to be a crime for you to not affirm your LGBT child. So Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin introduced updated model policies on transgender students last month. Basically, what he was saying was, um, the, the, the governor, the, the Republican governor said, look, parents got to be parents. They got to have authority over their children. And so a child can identify as the opposite gender, but it's got to get a permission slip. The child's got to get a permission slip from their parents, bring to the school and say, my parents understand and agree. And here it is. Now I can, even as a very conservative Christian pastor, kind of like see why he was putting that legislation into place or that policy into place. But the people who are making the laws um, in Virginia, some of them are smoking weed or crack or something even worse. So this is Democratic uh, Virginia Delegate Elizabeth Guzman. She told WJLA on Thursday she will introduce a bill that will expand the state's definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents and guardians who do not affirm their LGBT children. It could be a felony, she says. It would be a misdemeanor. But we all know that child protective services charge could harm your employee employment, could harm their education, because nowadays many people do a CPS database search before offering employment. So literally, okay, uh, state rep uh, Elizabeth Guzman wants to make sure that parents have no moral authority over their children's lives. And again, this is in response to Glenn Youngkin's policy that requires a student who wishes to be addressed by a different name or pronoun to get a permission from his parents. So we're, we're here, right? We're here, and I've made this argument before. i got to make it again. The age-old gay marriage argument. What does my love for this person of the same sex have to do with your life? All we want is to have our marriage and move on. That was never the case, and it has been proven again and again and again. Here we are. The state is becoming our guardian. The state is becoming the wedge between parents and children. I remember the arguments. I was in pastoral ministry in 2004 in Massachusetts when gay marriage was allowed through 
really manipulative legalese um, machinations of the Massachusetts Supreme Court because even Massachusetts back in 2003 was not going to vote gay marriage into law. They were not going to. I, the, they read the tea leaves. They knew it was going to happen. It was going to be struck down. It would have been a blow for the gay mar- pro-gay marriage people. So the Supreme Court got involved and just stipulated the, the, the right out of nowhere, out of thin air. That f- was followed several years later in 2015 by the United States Supreme Court giving all people in this country the constitutional, the figmented constitutional right to gay marriage. And they all said, how will this affect you? How will this affect you? You heterosexuals, calm down. We're not coming for you. Now they are. Now they're coming between parents and children. And this is what's happening. What a country celebrates gets repeated and then gets embraced by the children of that country. And so our country celebrates ad nauseum, endlessly celebrates LGBTQIA+, all of this stuff. We have two months, two, not one, two months devoted to LGBT. Every year there's Pride Month in June when they start throwing the parades and the parties and all those kind of things. And then November, did you know that November is LGBT History Month in public schools? It's literally teaching kids about the LGBT History Month. We have one month that is devoted to black history. We have two months devoted to the LGBT squad, the alphabet gang. And, And what's in every television show? What's on every commercial? What's on almost every billboard? Uh, gay people, homosexual people, lesbians, gays, all that kind of stuff. And and the kids picked up on it. The kids who are in desperate need of affirmation and, and significance and need to find validation somewhere, when they don't get it at home, they will get it at the schools. And the schools are obliging the fact that some of these kids don't get um, celebrated or loved at home, and so now they're going to come between parents and children. And there's going to be a spillover into good, proper families, families who are raising their children in the Lord, in Christianity, in their faith, and even Muslim faith. They don't agree with this. They don't want it. And there is going to be, and there already are, some subtle pushbacks from the Muslim population of our country against this indoctrination and this wedge that the public schools are becoming between parents and children. Look, a 500% increase in gender dysphoria among our young over the last several years. 500%. That's five times the amount. And now Virginia, which borders on Washington, D.C., and is the home state of our federal lawmakers and policymakers, is about to pass a law, wants to pass a law, making it criminal for you to raise your kids the way you see fit. I have a video to show you. This is Delegate uh, Elizabeth Guzman, who's running for re-election. And if you're in Virginia, you need to vote her out because this is insanity. And she shows how she affirms for certain that you parents are in for a... Child Protective Services charge of illegality if you don't support your six-year-old telling his second grade teacher that he's a she. Seriously, unbelievable what's happening right now. Let's say there is a child who might be in the LGBT community and they find that they're in a situation where their parents don't support them, do not affirm their gender identity or sexual orientation. Do they they report that to a school official or a court reporter or a social worker, and then Child Protective Services or a government agency launches an investigation to see what it's all about. Is that kind of how it works in practice, or is it something else that you have in mind? Sure, so we have a list of mandated reporters, and among mandated reporters, we have the school staff, you know, an adult who is a social worker, or some, a counselor in the school. So we have to look at the list of mandated reporters. And if this child, shares with those mandated reporters what they are going through. And we're talking about not only physical abuse, but we're talking mental abuse. What the job of that mandated reporter is to inform Child Protective Services. And then that's how everybody gets involved. And there's an investigation also in place. 
that is not only, you know, from a social worker, but there's also a police investigation before we make the decision that there's going to be a CPS charge. So right there from the horse's mouth, literally, she is saying you are going to have the police come after you. You're going to have Child Protective Services come after you if you do not support, if you do not affirm your child's crazy sexual confusion that has also been brought upon you by the way by the school system itself now i got another video to show you because representative guzman claims to be a christian she claims to be a christian a bible believing christian and even quotes at least according to her what the bible says and vomit warning because this is the exact kind of christianity is being foisted upon our culture and our populace right now by watered down preaching tickling ears preaching and pastors who will not declare the truth to their congregations and then you get representative guzman's as a result who selectively choose themes or ideas from the bible that are not actually there and make them the broad brush stroke of the entire biblical narrative watch this do you think this infringes on free speech or religious freedom at all? Because there might be some people in community of different faiths, whether it's the Muslim faith or Catholic faith, who, because of their religious beliefs, they don't believe in affirmation of LGBTQ issues when it comes to their children. What do you tell those parents um, who might be learning about this bill, who don't feel like they want to necessarily affirm uh, what their children are feeling when it comes to their sexual orientation or gender identity. Watch. I would tell you that I've been asked that question multiple times by knocking on doors, as I represent a very competitive state. And I am a religious person myself, and I go by what the Bible said, and that said that we have to love everyone, and it is not our job to judge anyone. You know, that it's a business between that individual and God. And what the Bible said is that we have to love everyone, that neighbor for who they are. So that's what I tell them when they ask me that question. And that's what I will continue to tell people in faith. You know, we all have a commitment with God. And that commitment belongs to two people, God and that person. You know, as parents, we are there to orient our children, to guide them you know, and tell them what they should do. But at the end of the day, we all are gonna become adults. And for those believers out there, we know that there's life after life. And there is gonna be a conversation between that person and God. And that's what we have to go by, what the Bible says. You know, it is not my job to judge anyone. It is my job to help people, but I know that I'll be responsible for what I do as a person after I die, and that's something between okay, God Okay, there we go. There's the age-old argument. It's not my job to judge anyone. However, Elizabeth Guzman has no problem judging parents who won't affirm their children's gender confusion. So she is making a judgment. It's just her judgment is right, and any kind of judgment against her judgment is wrong. Do you understand how the do not judge anything, anytime, anyone, ever argument falls apart on the merits? The moment that you judge someone for taking a stand that is biblical because you don't agree with their judgment, you are becoming a judge. So I guess... What we do as Christians, this is this is the result, by the way, Elizabeth Guzman's religiosity here, her Christianity, I think it's Christianity, is the result of years, if not decades, of watered-down, sappy Christian preaching, pastors preaching to her the idea that the most important thing you can do as a Christian is not judge, except for when we want to shape culture the way we want to, then we will make all kinds of judgments. And then this idea, God loves everyone. The Bible says God hates the evildoer. Okay, God hates the lying lips, the feet that, the hands that shed innocent blood, the feet that run 
swiftly to anger and the per, and the person who sows discord among the brethren there are things that god hates and there are things that the christians should the, the church should hate we should serve everyone in love but we have to make moral judgments all the time see everyone's making a moral judgment you're making a moral judgment even if you disagree with this content right now you are making a moral judgment even if you think that my judgment about this moral content is wrong you are making a moral judgment about my judgment of the content Everyone judges. I'm not saying that we should be judgmental of everyone. That is a cla- that is absolutely clear in the scriptures, and God is the final judge. But Elizabeth Guzman tries to do the watered-down Christian approach to this very, very poisonous issue in the lives and minds of our children. And you have to push back against this because it just takes a little bit of effort to see where the holes are in the argument. So she got a lot of flack. There was a lot of outcry about this law being passed, or at least this law being sponsored by her. And so she took to Twitter, as all good politicians do, to put a Twitter thread together about how she was a social worker and a mom of four, and she supports LGBTQ, and she loves everybody. And then she writes this in one of the threads, in number seven of the Twitter thread. She said, because Governor Youngkin is a bully, I will always stand up to bullies. Okay, so you're judging, by the way, right there, Glenn, Glenn Youngkin as a bully, just Letting you know, you're not supposed to, you just you just got done saying we're not supposed to judge anyone. <laughs> I don't know. All right. But I guess it's okay if it's uh, your political opponent. Because I saw students across Virginia willing to stand up and protest for their peers. By the way, that walkout was totally staged and there was news that reported all that. And I want all of Virginia's LGBTQ kids to know that you are loved and Delicate Guzman has your back. Um, can I just say to the young people listening to me and even the gay people, please the homosexual people, if you are listening and if you are listening, I'm so glad that you are. If a government official claims to love you and have your back, run. Run, Forrest, run. The government cannot love you. The government's role is not to love you. It's not to love you. It's to punish the evildoer and protect you. That's all the government's there to do. Read Romans 13 for yourself. We are not supposed to have this love affair with the government, nor are we supposed to expect our governmental leaders to love us. Do you remember Gladiator? Remember the bad guy in Gladiator was Emperor Commodus, and he was always like physically ill over not being loved by the people? Remember this guy? This was played by Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, it was the year 2000 when the video, when the movie came out. I just love that scene when he's like, the people don't respect me. They don't love me. And, and, and just, just, just watch for yourself. If they lie to me, they don't respect me. If they don't respect me, how can they ever love yeah, me? Yeah, how can they ever love me? How can they ever love me? It is just so creepy when a politician talks about being loved by the people or being uh, or loving the people. And Trump did this too, and I can't stand it. Don't love me. Please don't love me. Just protect the country from invasion so that we can raise our families and love our neighbors in active ways. Anyway, it's not just Virginia that's coming for the kids. It's also legislators in Michigan. They are burying a clause in a piece of legislation that will literally give a child their constitutional right to genital amputation. And it's all masked in an abortion amendment. This is reporting from the Federalists. Uh, quote, in less than a month, if Proposal 3 passes, children will have the right under Michigan Constitution to walk into one of Planned Parenthood. Why is Planned Parenthood involved in this? Into one of Planned Parenthood's 12 so-called gender-affirming facilities in the state and without parental knowledge or consent, obtain pure puberty blockers. And with Planned Parenthood of Michigan promising gender-affirming care via telehealth in the coming months, the kids won't even have to leave their house to obtain these sterilizing drugs. Passage of Prop 3 will also give boys a constitutional right to be castrated and girls the right under Michigan's constitution to be sterilized by way of a hysterectomy or the removal of their ovaries, all without their parents' consent. Are you kidding me? They are coming for your kids, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I, I, I bet you that this prop is going to pass because nobody reads up for themselves when they go to vote. 
because most people will not agree with this, but they don't read. They just listen to whatever the loudest voice is. And because they are in cahoots, Planned Parenthood, with big tech, YouTube, Google, news outlets, this news will never get to the see the light of day for most people. You're seeing it because you deliberately subscribe to this channel. Amen. Click that like button. You're seeing it because you care. You're seeing it because you want to be informed. And that's why I do this content. But most people won't. And this prop will probably pass. And boys as young as what? 12 now are going to get castrated without their parents even knowing about it. And some of you might say, and I understand this, but I still stand with public education. And there are many Christians involved in public education. And I agree. There are many Christians involved in public education. There are many Christian teachers out there, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, people-serving Christians in the public school system. And you have my support and you have my prayers. But here's how I'm praying for you. Are you ready? I'm praying that you will speak up. Because the problem right now is that you're not speaking up. You see what's going on. You don't like it. You don't agree with it. But then you don't say anything. And the reason why you don't say anything is because you have been forced into silence by the powers that be. You have been intimidated. You have allowed the culture to conform you. Remember that passage in Romans chapter 12, be not conformed to the pattern of this world? It's a true passage. Like that's a real verse. We need to get back to being unashamed to share what we say and believe without caring what people might say or believe otherwise about it. We need to be bold. We need to take a stand. We need to say what's right and what's wrong. Stand on the front lines and, and embrace not being liked and embrace losing friends because here's what I think is going to happen. If you speak up, if you say something, other people will be emboldened to speak up as well. And this is starting to trickle out across the country right now. What does speaking up look like? Well, it looks like a mom of four in Southern California where she demanded before the school board a meeting of her district to, uh, she demanded an ex explanation for, quote, Halloween family-friendly drag queen show uh, at her neighborhood. And so this person's name, this is Brittany uh, Mayer, and uh, she is talking to the school board at Encinitas Union School District at the board meeting. She's a mom, she's a Christian, and she founded a, parents, a parental rights group called Rooted Wings. And she just called them out on the insanity of drag queen parties being hosted in the name of public education or by public funds. It's insane. And she called them out on it and she did it brilliantly watch. I just wanna know what it is uh, that makes a drag show family friendly. Because if you follow it to its logical conclusion, you can slap family-friendly titles on anything. You can have family-friendly gentlemen's clubs, family-friendly strip shows, family-friendly Fifty Shades of Grey read-alouds. Will you appro approve my flyer if I want to host in all the sex secrets of the Kama Sutra for kids and families, if it's family-friendly? That's my question. Wow. Wow. Uh, what is it about a grown man? And I honestly, sincerely, as a woman, right mean this. What is right it about a grown man costumed in a sparkly bra with augmented boobs busting out a leather miniskirt barely covering his twerking ass with tuck tape on his front while spreading his fish netted legs as he writhes on the ground grinding his groin next to a minor family friendly you owe us an answer and you know you don't get to hide by just taking something down off peach tree and calling it a day you owe an explanation and an apology Oh, my God.
have a massive problem with child porn, with sex trafficking, you, a little school district board of adults, made the decision to feature an event to hypersexualize young children. Do you want to know that the word that groomer. defines that? It's groomer. You all played the activist pimp for an aligned surgical center and for a 21 plus gay bar. It makes you groomers and activist pimps and we won't have those sitting on a school board who oversees the education of our children. You all stepped out of line. You should be ashamed. Yep. Yep. There is nothing loving. No. There is nothing. Let's unite and include. Because the logical conclusion of that is you end up in diabolical evil. There are boundaries. And you don't slap family-friendly titles on stuff to cover your ass. All right, all right. Good job. <laughs> Brittany Mayer. And you know what? Some of you might have a problem with some of her language. And I don't think there's a real problem with ass and, and those kind of words. Um, but she spoke up. She spoke up. And can I just say, preach, you got to preach. You know, I am not. I am not um, a comp, uh, egalitarian, so that means that I don't believe that pastors should be women or women should be pastors. I believe that that is reserved for males. But I'll take a woman like that at the school board meeting every single day. Honestly. Go and preach there 100%. Go speak up for your kids. Speak up for the teens. Speak up for against the insanity that is being foisted upon the world. That is courage, by the way, in 2022. Because some of you don't know this, but what happens at these drag queen shows is kids literally are brought by their parents and literally given money, dollar bills, to stuff in the pants of grown men dressed as a woman. I give you this video, and this is just shocking video, but this is a video of a drag queen story hour, drag queen party, whatever. A one-year-old there is given a dollar bill to stuff into the pants of a man, grown a grown man dressed as a woman. And, and look at the parents. Look at these insane parents that just say, yeah, I'm good with that. Here, kiddos, here's what we love. We love watching grown men writhe around and gyrate in front of our young kids. And this is happening, by the way, as more and more news breaks on the pandemic of pedophilia in public education. Libs of TikTok released this uh, tweet uh, October 14th. It says at least 269 K-12 educators arrested so far this year on charges related to sex child crimes. 74% of the crimes against students. Why does this keep happening? And that is a very good question. The article is from Not the Bee, and it stipulates that the number of teachers arrested for child sex abuse is just the tip of the iceberg, much as it was for the Catholic Church prior to the widespread exposure and investigation in the early 2000s. Christopher Rufo, a senior fellow at Manhattan Institute, said in a statement to Fox News Digital, the best available academic research published by the Department of Education suggests that nearly 10% of public school students suffer from physical abuse between kindergarten and 12th grade. According to that research, the scale of sexual abuse in the public schools is nearly 100 times greater than that of the Catholic Church. The question for critics who seek to downplay the extent of public school sexual abuse is this. How many arrests need to happen before you consider it a problem? How many children need to be sexually abused by teachers before you consider it a crisis? Yes. I mean, it's. I, I remember when the Catholic uh, scandal was breaking. I, I was in ministry back then too, back in the early 2000s, and it was sick. And I was in ministry in Boston, right outside of Boston, Massachusetts. So I was right in the height of it. And it was sick and, uh, and deplorable for Catholic priests to uh, violate the innocence of our children. 
but it happens far more often, a hundred times greater. This, this article stipulates based on the research a hundred times more often in public schools. And so the very people put it together. Now, the very people that want to host drag queen parties for your kids, um, sponsor them, use taxpayer money to host them. Um, they're the same people who are allowing these predatory teachers into the school, into the classroom. And again, what a country, what a culture celebrates gets repeated. And the more we tear down these boundaries, the more we move these ancient markers, as the Bible talks about in Proverbs, we move these ancient boundaries. The more uh, liberality, the more licentiousness we will be saturated in. It's becoming endemic to our society where we sexualize children. Some people call it cute. Some people call it entertainment. Some people just call it part of what we are or freedom, or civil rights, it's demonic. The devil loves to prey on children. He's been doing this since the dawn of time. He wants to destroy children. And when you see images like this, and you see what's happening, mom, grown women taking a one-year-old with a dollar bill and foisting that child's face in front of a grown man's bum to put, put, put a dollar in his pants, it just kind of makes some scriptures that I used to struggle with so very, very normal now. Back in the old days, one of the biggest questions that I got as a pastor was, why would God tell the Israelites to wipe out the men, women, and children of entire civilizations in holy war? Remember those arguments? I remember. I never hear anybody argue about that anymore. Do you know why? Because we see how a culture can get so utterly corrupt, there is no redeemable potential for it. There's that great passage in Deuteronomy chapter 7. I give it to you here on the screen. When the Lord God brings you to the land you are entering to possess and clears away the nations before you, and the Lord God gives them over to you, and you defeat them, you must devote them to complete destruction. You shall make no covenant with them. You shall show no mercy to them. You shall not intermarry with them, giving them your daughters or your sons. You would, For they would turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods, and the anger of the Lord would be kindled against you. Like God is very clear about this. This is a, this is a cultural reality, okay? It's, it's part of what happens in a, a systemic um, uh, way to almost any culture. When we throw off restraint, when we cast off laws, morality, decency, purity, and we embrace impurity and we embrace constitutionally, legally, or whatever else wise you want, these immoral and disgusting displays, it perpetuates, it repeats, it exacerbates, it gets worse, and the whole culture becomes so ensconced in it, there's no way for them to come out of it. That's where we are. It is sexual immorality is a pervasive influence on cultures and it totally corrupts them and it can even infect the church. First, subtly right now, we are getting infected. I can see it as clear as day, like, like with the <coughs> excuse me, untold number of popular Christian megachurches that are ordaining women into pastoral role positions or churches that closed for years um, because of COVID, because the government said so. <laughs> These churches closed for a, for, for a virus with a 99.7 survival rate, and they think they're doing God's work in doing that. I bring you news out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is Transformation Church, led by Pastor Mike Todd. It is a mega church. I think it's actually a giga church, which means it's like over 10,000 members. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Michael Todd makes news all the time for doing these outlandish things on stage, such as spitting in someone's eyes and rubbing his loogie in there. Um, October 2022, they released a face, an Instagram post saying they were finally reopening. 
Did you hear that again? Let me let me let me let me say that again. October 2022. They are finally reopening for public services after COVID. For those of you not counting, that's a full 900 days since closing. This was reported at protestia.com. Prior to this, only staff members and church volunteers were allowed in the building while the rest of the flock watched the service online. Do you know why I mentioned this? Do you know why I bring this up? Because number one, it's absolutely insane to keep your church closed up until this month for COVID restrictions. And so many people just follow this and think, yeah, these guys are great preachers. Wow, he's really skilled with uh, linguistics. Wow, he's real charismatic. Look how passionate he is. And Michael Todd sells many books, a lot more books than I do. But one of the books, ironically, that he wrote and made a, probably a bunch of money on is called Crazy Faith. Yeah, Crazy Faith. Writes a book on Crazy Faith, closes his church for two plus years, 900 days because of the COVID pandemic. A, with a, a virus with a survival rate of 99.7%. Look, if crazy faith is closing your church for 900 days because of the COVID virus, I will settle for regular faith. I will settle for just plain old average faith. Keep your crazy to yourself. I want my church gathered. And where is the courage? I bring this up again and again. Where is the courage in the pulpits, in the pulpits of America's churches to stand for truth, to say what is right, to speak against the overreach of government, to speak against the sexualization of minors, to speak against these issues. We're, we've been so busy. Churches have been so busy trying desperately to love the lost and bring people in at all costs necessary. We have lost our prophetic voice. And I'm not saying we should offend for the sake of offending, but we should absolutely tell the truth when truth needs to be told because too many people are just not doing it anymore. What does courage look like in 2022? It looks like this. Moms standing up to school boards and their madness. Parents going to school boards and speaking up. Pastors listening to the Lord instead of the governmental leaders. I remember doing this back in 2021. Back in June of 2000, 2021, I just had it. I had had it with the mask mandates. I had had it with people... <clears throat> shutting down the churches and opening up the marijuana dispensaries. I had had it with the casinos being open and churches being closed. So I got up on stage in front of our church one night and I literally brought um, some, some masks up onto the stage, had some people hold them, and I burned a hole in the mask. And I probably upset a bunch of people. I probably did. But I was so tired of it. I was so sick of the lunacy. And... <clears throat> I think that we need to have this kind of courage again. We need to have Elijah kind of courage, calling down fire from heaven, making sure that we stand for truth even when the majority of the spiritual leaders stand for lies. I even, I haven't, I had them right there. You can see I had them hold two masks because at that time Fauci was saying the double mask. Then I just said, uh, you know, forget it. I just burned the whole box of masks. Box of masks. So there, there it is on the video and I'm holding the blowtorch and just burning up those masks and making sure we burn them because we needed to make a statement. We need to make a statement. Was it outlandish? Yeah, but we need to speak up. We need to speak loudly. We need to hold our leaders accountable and say the truth, even when some people don't like it. This is courage in 2022, and I need you to do it. I need you, public educators, public school leaders. You got to speak up, and I guarantee you the moment that you do, you will see other people will join you. What does courage look like in 2022? It looks like a Johns Hopkins psychiatrist standing up and saying, quote, transgenderism is a mental disorder. Sex change is, quote, biologically impossible. This is CNSnews.com. Dr. Paul McHugh of Johns Hopkins uh, University or and hospital, actually, and hospital, the former psychiatrist, psychiatrist in chief uh, for the hospital, and his current distinguished service professor of psychiatry said that transgenderism is a mental disorder. 
that marriage treatment, that sex change is bio biologically, biologically impossible, and that people who promote sexual reassignment surgery are collaborating with and promoting a mental disorder. Dr. McHugh, the author of six books and 125 peer-reviewed medical articles, made the remarks in a recent commentary in the Wall Street Journal where he explained that transgender surgery is not the solution for people who suffer from this kind of condition. Later, the article says, while the Obama administration, Hollywood, and major media outlets such as Time Magazine promote transgenderism as normal, uh, these policymakers and the media are doing no favors either to the public or to the transgendered by treating their confusions as a right in need of defending rather than a mental disorder that deserves understanding, treatment, and prevention. This intensely felt sense of being transgendered constitutes a mental disorder in two respects. First, that the idea of sex misalignment is simply mistaken. It does not correspond with physical reality. Second, is that it can lead to grim psychological outcomes. The transgender person's disorder, said Dr. McHugh, it's in the person's assumption that they are different than the physical reality of their body. Their maleness or femaleness is assigned by nature. It is a disorder similar to a dangerously thin person suffering anorexia who looks in the mirror and thinks they are overweight. How true is that, by the way? Yes, when a person is severely thin and they still think they're fat, we don't tell them, well, you be you. That's right. Let's celebrate you going on a, on a fast, on a 21-day fast to make sure that you lose more weight. Because if you feel that you're still too fat, even though you, you weigh 90 pounds soaking wet, well, you are definitely too fat. Like we don't do that with anorexia. We don't do that with almost any other disorder in people's lives. But we do that with genitals and sexuality. And he says the pro-gender, the pro-transgender uh, advocates <clears throat> do not want to know, said McHugh, that studies show between 70 to 80% of children who express transgender feelings spontaneously lose those feelings over time. Also, for those who had sexual reassignment surgery, most said they were satisfied with the operation, but their subsequent psychosocial adjustments were no better than those who did not have the surgery. And so at Hopkins, we stopped doing sex reassignment surgery since producing a satisfied but still troubled patient seems an inadequate reason for surgically uh, amputating normal organs. Yes. Like, yes. Like, can we speak truth? And this is a distinguished, peer-reviewed psychiatrist at one of America's most reputable hospitals. And he's speaking truth. But we need far more than just him. We need truth speakers more now than ever before because the liars just keep getting away with it. And that brings me to an age-old segment here on the deep end. It's time, once again, my favorite video that we play. This week in COVID crazy, let's do it. If you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense. Common sense. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. Also, the science has changed. People should not be walking around with masks. Yes. 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 <laughs> if everyone wore a mask, you could cut expected deaths in half. But I represent science. This week in COVID crazy. Yes, this week in COVID crazy. What's happening? People are dying. People are dying spontaneously and suddenly, and they're not unhealthy. They're not. They're healthy people. I bring you the, st the sad story of a bodybuilder named Doug Brignol, a serious pro-vax guy, outspoken on social media, touting the trustworthiness of the jab. He posted on April 4th, 2021, I have enough confidence in the vaccine based on my research to get it done. Those of you who think the vaccine kills people can use me as a test. If I die, you are right. If I don't die and have no ill effects, you are wrong and should admit it, at least to yourselves. Better yet, you should admit that you were misled and tell the world who misled you so other people can benefit by avoiding those fear mongers. Well, sadly, Doug Regal, just a few months later, is dead. 
at 63 years old, a very fit, a very healthy man. You don't get abs like that without eating vegetables, okay? And this guy is dead at 63. After saying, please use me as a test. Okay, challenge accepted, Doug McNoll. I will use you as a test and I will avoid the jab with every fiber of my being. And then YouTube will suppress this and they will put right below me right now. You see it, there it is. It's the COVID disclaimer. Do you see the COVID disclaimer? Do you know why? Because big tech is coming for you. They want to control how you think. They want to shut down voices like this. They don't want the narrative of the big tech government globalist agenda to be silenced. And it's unbelievable how it happens right in front of our eyes and we don't see it. Or take news just out of this week. Another artist, this is Daily Wire reporting, another healthy artist at the age of 41 collapses on stage and dies. Uh, this is artist Mikaben performing in France over the weekend. Suddenly collapsed and died, 41 years old. Or Sarah Lee, former WWE Tough Enough winner, dies at age 30. And then as always in the article, the cause of death was not provided. Again and again and again, we see these stories. Now, please, I am asking you, and I mean this with all of my heart. If I'm wrong, show me the evidence. But I have never seen so many young people dying at the prime and top of their life. I have never seen it. Never before in my life. And I have been watching. I've been a news junkie for two plus decades, okay? This is unprecedented. Do I think that the vaccine kills everybody? No. A lot of people got the vaccine and they're perfectly fine. But I want you to understand how sad this reality is. We've been part of a global lab rat experiment. And the most important issue now is not what happened. It's what are you going to learn from this? What are you going to learn from this? Because what I've learned is that there are too many liars in high positions of power. And when they are challenged, they never hold themselves accountable. Okay? You've got to, fee you've got to do the research yourself. Please don't just trust me. I, I challenge if I'm wrong. Show me. Give me evidence. Put it in the comments below. Would love to hear it. After right below that, right below that COVID pandemic, little information, whatever other things YouTube has decided to correct me on uh, officially for for you because you're too stupid to make up your own mind. Okay, that that's what's happening. And so Fauci now, Fauci is out there. Uh, <laughs> taking back all the things that he said about shutdowns, right? School closures are being found out to be the most dramatically devastating uh, decision we've ever made for our kids. It has led to an increase in mental illness, isolation, amongst other things. ACT scores are their lowest in 30 years among our teens. And depression way up. The body mass index increased, doubled for kids age 2 to 19 as a result of these shutdowns. Drug overdose deaths, murders way up, inflation at a 40-year high, domestic violence has increased, and who could have guessed it? Shut down the country and stop everything for two-plus years, and, 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 and there will be no ill effects. And who is at the root of it all? Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci now, though, claims he had nothing, nothing to do with the COVID lockdowns and nothing to do with shutting schools. He was interviewed on ABC News, and here's what he said. If you go back, and I ask anybody to go back over the number of times that I've said we've got to do everything we can to keep the schools open, no one plays that clip. They always come back and say Fauci was responsible for closing schools. I had nothing yeah. to do. I mean, you're, I you're, mean you're, let's you're, get down to the I fact. I had nothing to do with closing the schools. Is he, is he okay? I know you get older, you start forgetting things. It is very evident in our president. Somebody's going to start checking up on Dr. Fauci. Uh, I give you Politico April 2022. 
admittedly early in the pandemic, but he said kids could get infected in Florida if they reopen schools. Or local news out of New York in August 2020. This is what Dr. Fauci is saying about reopening schools. And he said that he, in high rates of cases, you should think twice before reopening schools. And then he went back and forth, back and forth over the next several months and even up to today as to whether or not schools should be open. Uh, he only actually flip-flopped back from closing down schools in, uh, fully in December 2021, like when, uh, when people had had enough of having their kids at home. And then he went back and forth even after that. And so, you know, it took me about three seconds to find those two articles, which tells you that big tech hasn't suppressed it yet uh, because they must be okay because Dr. Fauci is losing credibility now and they're fine with that because he's retiring anywhere any, any, this year anyway. And so he can no longer be a means to control your life anymore. So they don't, they don't care. You can find out the truth on him now. They'll cover up for the next guy. But he has been Captain Flip-Flop from the beginning. Let me just play this. Just This is music to my soul, but I just want you to hear this uh, little video put together uh, by Benny's Moore on the back and forth on masks from Dr. Anthony Fauci. Watch. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, You've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. That's all, folks. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, that's good. Thank you, Porky Pig. And Porky Pig is appropriate for. I represent, represent science. Yes. Um, this this is what he said. Now, meanwhile, here on the deep end. I have been beating the same drum for two and a half years. I had questions way back in the beginning of the lockdowns. I hated the lockdowns from day one. I hated the idea that we were doing this. And I had my suspicions that it was all politically based and motivated. And the news is coming out that kind of proves that I was right. I want to show you a flashback of the Deep End episode from April 2020. Back in our old studio of me talking about the dangerous precedent that these shutdowns created. Watch this. Um, here's a thought that I want to give you. What if, really scary thought, what if the shutdown works? <laughs> mm, I see where you're going with this. To me, that's scarier than just adopting what Sweden's doing, herd immunity, and just going for it and living regular lives and, and protecting the people who are most susceptible to the virus and death by the virus, the elderly and the, and the people in hospitals and nursing homes and so on and so forth. And just trying to get through it like we would get through the normal seasonal flu. If this shutdown works, America, don't you understand that you have just set a precedent for every potential pathogen that could come your way in the upcoming weeks, months, years, decades? Is this going to become a regular facet of American or global life? Why don't we just shut down from September to December every year during the seasonal flu? <laughs> you see, we there's a lot of... There's a lot of dominoes that are going to fall as a result of this shutdown. And you probably have guessed it already. I'm not a fan. Not a fan of the shutdown. And uh, it's starting to bug me. And I don't even have a dog in this fight. My life has not really been upended. The only thing that my life has suffered is the lack of a crowd to preach to on Sunday morning. So, yeah, that was me two, more than two years ago, April of 2020 and I have been beating the same drum. I have not flip-flopped. I have not show me evidence if I have. And that's why you need, again, like I said, to like, to subscribe and click that notification bell so that you can get notified every time we go live here on the deep end. I love to bring this content to you because I care about truth and I think you should care about truth as well. 
more evidence that we were misled by our leaders and by um, big uh, corporations such as Pfizer and Moderna. This is a video out of the European Union Parliament where Janine Small, an executive of Pfizer, okay, one of the authors, creators of the jab, was asked by a Norwegian minister about the trials implemented by Pfizer for their vaccine before public release. And he asked for anyone and everyone to share the video of her response to his question, uh, where he basically proves, she says, she states it out loud, that they did not test their vaccine for preventing transmission before release to the public. And he asked me to share the video. He asked everybody to share the video. So I'm sharing the video. Watch. And I will speak in English so there are no misunderstandings. Was the Pfizer COVID vaccine tested on stopping the transmission of the virus before it entered the market? If not, please say it clearly. If yes, are you willing to share the data with this committee? And I really want a straight answer, yes or no, and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Um, regarding the question around, um, did we know about stopping humanization before um, it's entered the market? No. Uh, these, um, you know, we had to really move at the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. This yeah. is scandalous. Scandalous is right. Real? And that's uh, just one fraction of the details that are coming out right now. This news out of the Epoch Times, Moderna COVID-19 vaccine effectiveness turns negative within months. So this article states that the uh, effectiveness of three doses of primary season and booster against the infection remained above 50% after 150 days against BA1, a subvariant of the Omicron vari uh, virus variant. However, against more recent strains, including the current dominant BA5, the effectiveness turned negative. Uh, and that turned negative after 91 days. <laughs> so th these, these life-altering, RNA-altering, DNA-altering shots are not even working just months after they're being implemented and pumped into our bodies. The article goes on, a slew of other studies and analysts have found that the effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines turn ne turns negative over time, including a study that estimated the projection, the protection, sorry, for children aged five to 11 turned negative after 18 to 20 weeks. An analysis of data from centers for, from a CDC testing program that estimated the shielding turned negative around six months. Swedish researchers in September concluded that effectiveness turned negative within several months. So this is what has been foisted upon us, uh, what has been beaten over our heads. Get the job, love your neighbor, serve your neighbor. You're a bad neighbor if you don't get the job and shame on you for not getting the job and trusting the science. And I said this to my church publicly. And so I say it to you today on the deep end. The reason why I never got the jab, and, and it was just so simple. I did not need studies. I did not need science. I did not research. I am, I am a healthy 40-year-old uh, male, plus 40-year-old male. I work out. I exercise. I eat, you know, pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. I'm active. I'm a man of faith. I believe the Bible. God is my protector, my provider. I don't like the flu shot. I don't like to get the flu shot. I didn't want this shot. It was too new. It was too novel. But here, here was the bottom line issue for me. Are you ready? The very people who questioned the vaccine and 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 questioned the vaccine. The moment those people got power, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, other Democratic leaders, the moment that they got power after 2020, suddenly were the biggest 
fanboys for every single person immediately getting the vaccine. That's the only evidence I needed. That's the only evidence I needed because I don't just vote blindly and I don't just watch news blindly or listen to celebrities or whoever says what. I do my own research and I watch and I figure out things with a discerning heart. And Christian, you should have that. You should have a discerning heart about everything that you hear. Everything that comes into this ear, these ears, <laughs> should be discerned by the Holy Spirit, should be shaped and challenged by the Holy Spirit. Because it's not over. Mm -mm -mm -mm. It's not over, friends. I bring you news from Bo the Boston Herald. I cannot believe I have to share this with you. I cannot believe this is a news item. Boston University COVID researchers combine Omicron spike protein with the original virus, test the strain on mice, and the article stipulates that what they, dis what they discovered was that their new strain, their new mixture, uh, inflicted a severe disease with a 80% mortality rate. When mice were infected with the original strain, it was a 100% mortality rate. And then they stipulate that this is not gain-of-function research and yada, yada, yada. They're trying to make sure that they are safer going forward. So this is news this week. As you can see, the, uh, the, the, the little line there, yesterday, 7.05 p.m., this was reported from the Boston Herald. So after being told that we weren't supposed to say that COVID was developed in a lab. Now it's being developed in a lab. <laughs> For the sake of, of keeping us safe. Yes, 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 yes. And it's amazing when you read the comments, when people share this article online, it's amazing to see people defend Boston University. Be like, no, 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 you don't understand. They're trying to help us. Okay. Yeah, help us. Like they have been helping us for the last two and a half years. I, the, <laughs> Friends, you understand where I'm coming from. You understand why David would say in Psalm 116, in my alarm, I said all men are liars. Because they are. Men lie. Everyone lies. And yes, leaders lie. Sometimes they lie intentionally for power. Sometimes they lie ignorantly because they don't know better. And sometimes they lie because they don't know the truth. They don't know truth. Like Representative Guzman of Virginia who wants to divide parents from, ki from their kids. She is a case study in shallow, ineffective Christianity being foisted upon people by pastors who don't declare what Scripture says, but use silly spiritual euphemisms to preach things like, don't judge and love everybody as they are. Like, this is, this is what it is. The Bible says that we have to love everyone, that neighbor, for who Yet, they no, are. No, the Bible does not say we have to love everyone for who they are. The Bible says we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. In other words, do things that serve and help your neighbor, such as telling them the truth, such as standing for truth, even when they hate you for it. See, I love my children when I get mad at them for hurting themselves. I love my children by creating boundaries. And today's cultural leaders are throwing down the boundaries of every sexual deviancy and throwing up the boundaries of what is knowledge and what is true and information that's available to you. Again, I give you a little post right there. I'm sure it's right there right now. I have no idea. I haven't looked, but I'm sure it's right there right now that there's a little Google, little Wikipedia article saying, find the truth on COVID because the bearded man is going to really do a number on you if you're not careful. Anyway, that's enough of COVID crazy. Let's talk about really good news. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. Good news out of the Christian Post. The article's title reads, 92% of Bible users say scripture has transformed their life. Now, the amazing thing from this article says, 
Okay, this is from a study by the American Bible Society. Every year they release a state of the Bible report on how people interact with the Bible. It surveyed 2,598 adults from January 10th to 28th. But it defined Bible users. Look at it there in the middle of the article. It defined Bible users as those who interact with the Bible <laughs> at least three or four times a year. <laughs> now, now um, you know, everybody can have an opinion about this. I don't know if I could call you a Bible user if you interact with it. doesn't even say you read it. Just interact with it three to four times a year. But, but notice that it says within that group, 92% said in the affirmative, yes, does the message of the Bible transform my life? Yes. For the person who picks it up three or four times a year. <laughs> like every, every four months I'm in the Bible. And it changes my life. Now, here's the question. Like, how, how is this good news, right? How is this good news? Here's how it's good news. Are you ready? It's good news because even a little bit has amazing potential. I am not uh, advising you to open the Bible three times a year. I think you should open it every day. I think you should get into it as much as you possibly can. I think it would change your life. And that's why we do the deep dive Bible study tomorrow night. That's why we go through the book of First and Second Kings as we are going through right now. Can't wait to bring you through the content in in First Kings chapter three when Solomon asks for wisdom. There's so much to talk about, and it's all going to happen tomorrow night at seven thirty. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel, and hitting that notification bell to make sure that you know on your smartphone when we go live. And in case you were unaware as well. We have a third show on this channel. It is called 10 Questions with Tim, and it is the first Thursday of every month. And you can ask your questions. Any question can be asked. Ask at timhatchlive.com. Support the channel if you would. I really appreciate it. All of our deep enders, I depend on our deep enders. Ooh, there we go. The Deep End is brought to you by Tim Hatch Live. And make sure that you are looking for my second book coming out. That's my first book, Move. It's available on YouTube. Search it, youtube.com. I'm sorry, search on Amazon, amazon.com. And then you search Tim Hatch Move and you'll find that book. And if you've read the book, can I ask you a special favor? Can you go to amazon.com on the books page and leave me a five-star review? And even if you didn't read it, just leave a five-star review. Uh, all the social media channels are there. If you want to leave a podcast review, that would be appreciated as well. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure to bring this content to you. Tomorrow, we go into the Bible, deep dive, because even if you do it three or four times a year, it will change your life. It'll protect you from the liars. It'll help you discern through the Holy Spirit what you should do with your body, with your children, with your family, with your spouse, and live a flourishing, beautiful existence in the glory of God and in his presence every day. God bless you guys. Have a great night.